Hello and welcome to the Fools on Stools podcast. My name is Kevin Walker, and as always, I am joined by my co-stars Anthony Council and Colin Brown. Today is Friday, February 25th, 2022. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of your day. If you have a great time and don't mind, please do post us, share us, or tell others about us. If you don't like what you hear, then simply tell no one. Today is National Chocolate-Covered Nut Day. So, Colin, Anthony, y'all big fans of chocolate-covered nuts, or do y'all have any in particular that you like? It's Friday, and it's a good day. It is Friday, and it is a good day. Damn. Damn. Damn good day. Yes, and I am a big fan of chocolate-covered peanuts, from almonds to cashews to... Uh, pecans, yeah, love them for sure. Hold up, wait a minute. Hold on, did you just say pecans? Yeah, pecans. Those are not a thing. That's pecan, sir. That's a pecan. A pecan. Yes, that's, that is a pecan. It's pecan. No, 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 like a pecan pie. No, 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 no. This is this will this will evolve into this will evolve into a larger argument than Jordan over James. it is pecan. Is it caramel or caramel? It, that doesn't matter. It no, like, <laughs> no, like literally, like if you go and ask somebody, like who's like a dictionary per, per, like expert, like you, it, it, the reason why it doesn't matter is because each region of the world says it differently. So is it caramel or caramel? I say caramel. I say caramel. Is it so? So so it's pecan, right? No, it is pecan. Pecan. It's pecan. Pecan. It's pecan. Pecan. Is it soda or pop? That's soda, I guess. I I, say I mean, like, I've never called it pop. I just kind of see that as like a. I just call it like if I if I want like a Coke, I say I want a Coke, or if I want a Sprite, dark whatever. Yeah, I just name it like right. brand. Right. Same anyway, thing. but to revert back to the yeah, actual it's, question, it's definitely pecan. But it's, it's okay. It's cool. It's cool. Okay. Colin, do you like chocolate covered peanuts? I so you know what I had for the first time in a while today. Have y'all ever had a Mr. Good Bar? Yes, chocolate bro. bar. Mr. Good Bar. I hadn't had one in a while. Those were good. Yeah. And uh, had uh, it was a, I guess you know it's a chocolate bar with nuts in it. So yeah, it's a chocolate bar with well, I mean you could say this. Well, I was gonna say a crunch bar, but those aren't nuts, right? I don't think so. No, I don't know what it, is in a crunch bar. I don't know. This this topic is very <laughs> it's off the rails. Yeah, today. this is going everywhere, honestly. But no, I mean yeah, sure, I'm done with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just make sure to go get some chocolate covered peanuts because it's national. Chocolate covered nut day. Yes. And guys, I don't know about y'all, but I am so glad that we are back in studio today. I did not like recording from home. It sucks. Um, but ice is gone. Driving is safe. And we are back. And we are on video again. Yes. Um, y'all didn't have to see crappy pixel pixelated uh cameras uh from the uh podcast from uh ooh, from Wednesday. Apologize. Um, but without further ado, let's get into our topics. The NBA. Yeah, we got the NBA. So All-Star Ga- All-Star weekend is over. We uh we did the whole week stretch of the dunk contest. Um Steph Curry went off for like a million threes. I think <laughs> it, that was just like to make up for all the threes that he was missing in the regular season in my opinion. It was kind of weird. Like he just like went Completely shut out. He didn't yeah. go shut out. But well, like I he, mean, he was not doing fan. He wasn't by, doing Steph Curry numbers by his standards. Yeah. And then he just went and like, yeah, doubled down in the All Star yeah. game. But All Star weekend is over. We're reaching back into the second half of the NBA season. Guys, what are y'all's thoughts and opinions as of where we stand right now? It's gonna be good. It's gonna be a exciting, fast paced NBA season for the rest of this second half. I think that, I mean, Isaiah Thomas said it best. Uh, you just saw a glimpse of Steph Curry's, you know, greatness. Um, this all-star game, he had, what he shot, Colin, correct me if I'm wrong, he shot like 16 threes and made them. Yep, 16. Right? Well, well, he shot more, but he did make 16 threes. Yeah, he yes. made like, yeah, 16 threes. And, yeah. and I mean, that's just, you know, he's just he, he's just going on a roll right now um, for this upcoming second half of the season. Um, don't be surprised if Golden State is in the... Western Conference Finals um, against the Suns because they're just going to be on a win streak and Clay Thompson is coming back and coming back to his his to his regular self and um, I think it's going to be a good one especially to see these new teams now from 
Brooklyn to Philadelphia. James Harden's debuting today with Embiid um, on the court, which is going to be very exciting. And Ben Simmons is, you know, taking his his time, which is good. I think it's good. Um, but we're going to see Ben Simmons on the court with KD, Kyrie, and the rest of the Nets crew. And with a potential jump shot, he was working with Kyle Korver. Um, he's been he's been he's been working with a few different people, and um, Embiid might. Embiid might have a, a step back three now, so <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? He's yeah. implemented that pretty quick. Yeah, I saw the clip of them in practice or whatever, uh, him and James going at it. But I'm excited. Uh, I think the Eastern Conference, it's going to be really uh, interesting to see who kind of escapes that bloodbath, if you want to call it that. I mean, we've got Chicago, Miami, two teams that, you know, most like top analysts aren't considering potential uh, conference favorites. You got the defending Eastern Conference and NBA champs, the Milwaukee Bucks. You've got Boston, who's on a resurgence, like you mentioned with Philadelphia with James Harden, Joel Embiid, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who you know showed out at this past All Star game in Cleveland, and in the West, I mean Phoenix, Golden State. Will there be a potential team that could dethrone that uh, assumed to be Western Conference Finals preview? Maybe Memphis, maybe you know y'all's Mavericks. Could be. I, I'm I'm so excited because, you know, players get a nice little break during the All-Star break, and now they get to come back fresh for the second half of the season, and I'm pumped for it. Yeah, I agree. Um, like you, you mentioned the Mavericks a little bit. Um, the Mavericks, they got a lot of things they got to turn around. Um, but I, what I want to hit on is I know that we still got the second half of the season to go, and there's a lot that can happen, but um, real quick, Damian Lillard is not. I mean, it's pretty obvious he is not happy in Portland, right? I mean, he's he's talking. I mean, he's going on Draymond Green's podcast and he's saying, you know, why the hell is no one coming to Portland? People are going to Oklahoma City for crying out loud, you know. <laughs> like, I know that's your, I know that's as you call it, your redheaded stepchild, but call him. <laughs> but I mean, he brings an excellent point. Portland, I mean, do y'all feel like Portland is doing everything that they can do? To provide Damian Lillard with the ex with, with the roster that he needs to win a championship? No, of course not. You got rid of CJ McCollum. You got rid of CJ McCollum. That's like his, you know, little brother for That's real. That's like his rock. I mean, he yeah. he said that he I mean, he said it himself, like he is still getting over it because he hasn't he like he said he hasn't gone out and played, so he hasn't really like dealt with it yet. But he's yeah. still like he's basically mourning over it. Yeah, I mean that's 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 his ride or die. Literally, CJ McCollum is like his ride or die. And you got rid of him uh, for him to go to New Orleans and and all the other controversies going on in New Orleans, but specifically Portland. I mean, literally, Dame Dalla is by himself on an island. Yeah, and it's like okay, you're either gonna stay here and they're just not gonna help you. And I gotta give credit to what credit is due. Sent um, Afreni Simon is that, is that his name? Afreni Simon. Yeah, yeah. Afreni Simon. Yeah, he's a bucket. Yeah, like, he's been balling. He's, he's a baller. Up, yeah, but he's no CJ McCollum. No, like you're literally leaving Dame all by himself. Yeah, he's either gonna have to get out or his legacy. His legacy's on the line in Portland because yes, you made it to a Western Conference Finals, but you lost to Golden State. Like you got to go to you have to go to a contender. Yeah, and I mean, and Damian Lillard has proved in the past like he is. He is as clutch as clutch comes. I mean, oh, yeah. he, he mean he is you he likes to be in those situations. So um I mean I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens in Portland. I don't think that they're going to do anything to help him. I think he's kind of already like, you know what, I did the most that I could. Um they didn't help me out. I gotta go and do what's best for me. Cullen, what is your thoughts on this? For the record, who was the first one to mention that Dame might want to get out of Portland? Well, I think I mean I I know I mean, you I mentioned mi- it, but I, mi- I mentioned it because look, I mean he's, but he, well, no here here I'm gonna get to it. So the Trailblazers they did all they could with C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. They yeah. did reach the Western Conference Finals one time. They got swept by the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant. They, it just it was time that they needed a change. They needed to hit a reset. They traded not only just C.J. McCollum but Norman Powell, Robert Covington among other players, uh, key contributors too to the Nor- uh, Portland Trailblazers squad. They, it's just a time that, I mean, Dame's been hurt this year. They weren't having the success that they thought they would, and it was time. It was time for them to kind of just clean house, ship shop, and, you know, try to see if they can maybe rebuild around Dame if he wants to be there. But ultimately, Dame will have to make his own decision on, you know, does he need, does he request a trade? Does he wait out his contract? Does he want to finish his career in Portland? That's up to him. Uh, I think the season pretty much for the Blazers, uh, it's just going to be, even if they, because they're the 10th seed right now, so they're technically in the play-in game. Even if they somehow win two games to get in um, to the postseason as the eighth seed, I don't see them getting past the first round. I don't know about y'all. 
it's just one of those things that this season, I mean, they're really fighting for the future more than the present. And Damian Lillard, I mean, he's not getting any younger. Damian Lillard is now, what is it, 31 years old. So he's got to sit there and really consider his options going forward of, okay, can I win here? Is is loyalty the biggest thing to me, or am I trying to win a championship and go somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I agree. And and there's a lot of moves that are going to be made in this offseason, um, a lot of moves. Um, Damian Lillard can go to a numerous amount of places, um, but I don't think he'll go to a powerhouse. I don't think, like, I don't think any of that. Like, he might go to... Um, I don't know. Y'all think of some teams that just need that one piece left. Let's I'm, try to leave out the Mavericks. I mean, because I mean, yeah, I mean, like it, that's it, the dream over there. Yeah, no, it's if you're sitting there and you want championship aspirations, Damian Lillard can help you do that. At oh, the yeah. end of the day, oh yeah. Um, could it be potentially something where maybe they're just like a missing stepping piece? I don't know if Damian Lillard's the number one option on a championship team that has yet to been proven. Uh, in Portland. But, I mean, you know, if you're sitting there and, uh, I mean, you, you said to list a team, potentially, you know, if Miami really wanted to go all in, uh, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, I mean, they've got a surplus of talent that they could ship back to Portland. Um, I, you know, maybe with uh, Nikola Jokic in Denver, maybe, I don't know if you'd really want to trade him in the Western Conference if you're Portland to see him come back and bite you. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a bunch of different teams. Boston, maybe, if they ever sit there and maybe realize, or maybe oh, they yeah. think that uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum don't work, which they are balling. They are. Oh, yeah, no. They, they work. Street. They work for sure. I mean, and and now that you mentioned that, and that kind of that kind of is like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are kind of like that Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, but in my opinion, Jalen Brown has stepped up a lot. Uh, Boston is definitely on the surface. They can really do something if they just get that one last piece. But, um, you know, I just. Wanted to get y'all's y'all's feel on uh, the whole Damian Lillard situation because I mean it's getting a little it's getting a little loose over there. I mean that's not bad seeing Dame in Boston. I mean it's kind of weird seeing Dame in Boston, but I think I don't think they have enough to give up for him. That's the only thing because uh, I don't know I don't know Boston's like draft situations or anything like that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I don't know either. They would have a surplus of I mean because they could give up Marcus Smart. Uh, obviously Jalen Brown would go back in that deal probably, and then they would have to sit there and make the salaries work. So it would probably have to include somebody on Portland's side. But, I mean, if you're Boston, you're sitting there, and again, this is only if they don't believe that Tatum and Brown can work. Because, I mean, they are 9-1 and one in their last 10. Damian Lillard's uh, certainly an upgrade over Jalen Brown. So Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, it's like what the late, great Nipsey Hussle said. You know, how long should I stay dedicated? How long till opportunity meets preparation? And the opportunity has not came for Dame at all. He's been patient. He's been working. Cause he's he's a killer, mm-hmm. but you know it's just they're shipping everybody out, and it's like okay, damn, you're either gonna stay or you're gonna go. I think they're just they're, they're getting ready for a restart. Yeah, and um, so let's jump off of that one. Okay, so Brooklyn is um, they're Colin, I believe you said it is confirmed that they are going to lift the mask mandate. Um, so what does this mean for Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets and their aspirations with? With KD out and all the transitions that's going on over there, what do y'all what do y'all think this is gonna become? They better watch out because <laughs> if Kyrie Irving is able to play at home, ooh, it's gonna be some barbecue chicken with some ranch on the side. It's gonna be crazy because he's a showstopper. And I think if you have Kyrie Irving running the one, Ben Simmons running the the four or the five, KD healthy. And that whole entire squad of just Patty Mills and um, and you know just them the Seth, Seth Curry with them shoot, sharpshooters, you know I, it's gonna be a problem. The Nets are gonna be a problem, and they're not gonna stay at that at that low seed at all. Well, I mean, so just want to jump in here too. The New York mayor plans to lift the vaccine mandate in coming weeks, so it's okay. not not okay. even officially confirmed, but I just wanted to throw it out there just so we have kind of like a timeline. Okay, all um, right, it's coming though. Thank you for coming. Like, like, for it, that. like apparently, yeah. like, it's definitely coming. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, because it, it, the the New York uh, mayor came out and said that it just doesn't make sense, in his opinion, for Irving to be able to play in other, t- uh, you know, arenas except uh, his own. His own, yeah. He, he called it, quote-unquote, unfair. Uh, listen, if Kyrie Irving comes back, Kevin Durant gets healthy, Ben Simmons and everything, 
they could be potentially dangerous. That's, I mean, that's really what's been one of their biggest problems all year is the fact that they haven't been able to build chemistry because guys have been in and out in the lineup, whether it's you know the James Harden trade, Kevin Durant's injury, Kyrie with his uh, vac- vaccine uh, issues, and then uh, Ben Simmons uh, you know, now just getting traded over there. I mean, Brooklyn's going to need to build chemistry, and they're going to need to build it fast. So the quicker that this, uh, you know, lift of the vaccine mandate in Brooklyn would be better for the Nets uh, and obviously really be beneficial for Kyrie Irving and uh, the whole Brooklyn team. I mean, yeah, I can promise you if it, if it happens, the Nets will not be an eighth seed for very long. They're, I mean, really, when you look at it, eight games behind is not that many. Yeah, and I mean, I think now also there's no drama there's no drama anymore in Brooklyn. There's now. always drama in basketball. I mean, yeah, but there's not, you know, trade talk drama. You just you hope know? you just hope that Ben you just hope that Ben Ben Simmons can get along with everybody. You know, because I mean I mentioned it before. He could be like the only thing that would worry me about a Ben Simmons deal is that he could be a potential locker room locker room like hazard. Hazard, I guess. But you know, if things can work out and everybody gets along, then yeah, that team can definitely climb and if they're not a contender this year, they definitely can be next year when everything's all put together. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah, we'll have to, I mean, they are the they are fourth in the the Atlantic Atlantic Division. Um, you know, like I said, they're eighth. So, but the, it's only up from then for yeah. for now. And keeping it in, in the Eastern Conference, Demar Derozan. Hey, man, boys. Listen, I know we've been talking about Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic, two big men really dominating this MVP race. DeMar needs his shine. Oh, yeah. Oh, Give him his flowers now. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So it's the ninth game in a row with 30 or more points or more. It's eight in a row for 35 more points in a row. The longest such streak by a Bulls player since Michael Jordan did 10 straight between uh, 1990 and 1991. Uh, DeMar is really uh, outperformed himself this year. I mean, he's taking... He's he's a career twenty per game point per game scorer. He's averaging over twenty eight this season for Chicago. Really leading uh, this Bulls team who was first place in the Eastern Conference. And like like you said, Anthony, he deserves all of his flowers. Today. Oh yeah, yeah, mid range killer. And Dude. I mean that, that that's perfect for the playoffs. Literally, I mean yeah. if you if you need an easy bucket like an easy two, give it to Demar. And after watching that um the the final the final bucket from Demar to really close the game out against Atlanta. My thing is this, and it got me so upset. I was like, why is it that you're, one, you're going to let DeMar DeRozan get to his spot, and two, you're going to have two Hawks players go up while he's going up, or even while he's going down, like, <laughs> for the shot. Like, he already got the shot off. You know it's going to go in. Yeah, Kevin Herter was late on that uh, that help in the rotation. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. He was. I mean, at the end of the day, too, it's it's not all i mean th- so the chicago bulls they really invested uh in free agency this past oh, yeah. offseason with lonzo ball unfortunately he is still on the shelf alex what do you call him caruso 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 uh and they've really built a culture of you know defense and hard nose playing giving it their all every night and it's paid off for them because they're yeah. now the number one in the eastern conference i agree i mean and if you go and listen to the all-star game uh luca gets mic'd up and so luca goes up i don't know if y'all seen it but yeah. luca goes up to demar and he's like do you ever miss the mid-range? Like, do you that. ever miss the mid-range? He's like, and you can kind of vaguely hear Demar. He's like, you know, every now and then he's like, what, like nineteen of twenty or something like that. Like, do you ever, like, do you ever? I mean, Demar Derozan is automatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only person that's like under for field goal, field goal um, range from mid-range is Kevin Durant, and with three point nine, and Demar shoots four point from the mid-range spot, which is, you know, he that's his bread and butter. That's been his bread and butter all throughout his career. Really, yeah. I mean, even back in his days in Toronto, uh, I mean, he he never could sit there and quite put it together. Him and Kyle Lowry, um, ironically, you know, after he left Toronto, did get their championship with Kawhi Leonard coming in and everything. And people were really kind of sit there, kind of really throwing the shade at Demar mm-hmm. um, for his lack of postseason con- success. Hopefully, you know, now in Chicago, he'll be able to really showcase his skills just like he is in the regular season. And I'm happy for him because he seems like a genuine good dude. Yeah, and this kind of brings me up to another point because how old is DeMar DeRozan? He's, I mean, I know he's he's probably listed in that veteran category. 32. He's Okay, so he's 32. So this kind of brings me to this point. DeMar DeRozan, I think everybody would probably agree that before he went to the Bulls, he I don't want to say that he was in the washed category because, like you said, you said he was a 20-point average per game player. That's not a washed category player at all. But 
everybody was kind of everybody would probably say he was out of his prime or you know this the you know DeMar DeRozan like unless he goes somewhere the the he you know his career is basically going to either go on a decline or is going to be on a you know just keep going straight obviously he went to the Bulls they're killing it now my question to y'all is the Knicks and Kemba Walker have agreed that he's going to sit the rest of the season and everything like that one my felt my one my first question is where would you like to see Kemba Walker next year and my follow-up is do you think that he still has the ability to perform like mm. he used to Ah, uh, man, uh, that, that's a good question, Kev. Um, it's just it's just different now. I mean, I think that the thing that worked in Charlotte was he was the guy. He was just the main dude, and he really didn't have anybody. I mean, he had, you know, Kid Gilchrist, but that wasn't really anyone, really, with that wonky donkey, you know, jump shot, where it's mm -hmm. like his arm was, like, to the side and right. really weird. Um, but he was, like, the guy, and MJ, um, he really told him, like, yeah, this is your team. And then when he left and he went to Boston, it was just he was trying to be someone who he's not, I guess, because he had like two other superstars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, and I just think I I don't know, man. I mean, I think Kemba could work at, at another team. I probably more small market because I mean everybody had high expectations when he went to New York because he's like, okay, he's gonna be the dude. You know, this is who we wanted for a long time, especially when he was you know at UConn and. He, Took that big big game shot to end the to w w win the chip. Um, I I really want to say the Mavs, but I just don't know how good it would be off ball because Luca will always have the ball in his hands. And I mean, I, I think if Kemba Walker doesn't have the ball in his hands, what is he gonna do? He's just gonna be a a, a person on an island by himself. Listen, as you mentioned, we're we're a long way from cardiac Kemba. Um, <laughs> he's thirty one years old now. He's He's been in the association for a good time now. As Kevin would say, he is a veteran. Uh, Kimba, you're no longer going to be the focal point of any offense. I don't think he's a starter in this league anymore. Wow. Um, wow. I don't I don't think that he's a guy that can consistently give you quality 30-plus minutes a night. And to me, it's you know it, it's just his body uh, betraying him. He's had a numerous lower leg injuries uh, throughout his career, knee, ankle, what have you. And it's nothing, you know, that he hasn't put in the effort because, I mean, you know, he's had a really great career. He's been, uh, you know, former all-star, former really, uh, again, one of those 20-plus-per-game point scorers. So he's had a good career by any means. I just, again, just for the fact that he hasn't really, you know, I don't even think he's stepped on the court this year. No, he has. He, he has. has. He, well, he just, well, there like, was not, a, consi not recently. There was a me. stretch of time where he was balling consistently night after night. I just, uh, to me... I mean, the Knicks have absolutely just... I, I mean, they have dropped an egg after what they did last year, in my opinion. Yeah. I, um, I blame Thibodeau I, I mean, on that one. Look, I mean, yeah, look, 20, 23 points February 12th. Outside of that, uh, since January 28th, so we'll say almost roughly a month, he's he scored double digits once. Okay. Well, once. Fine. Maybe I was wrong. Whatever. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that, but... We're gonna take it front to a different, uh, a different sport. Some a sport that I would probably say that we have neglected for far too long, um, and we apologize for that to the listeners and the viewers. We did our homework. We did we did our research. We got we got we did our best to get to get learned on it. We're gonna talk about some hockey, okay? We're gonna talk about some hockey. Um, I am a Stars fan, to absolutely no surprise. Um, but interestingly enough, the stars are in the, uh, the run for the, uh, the playoffs for a, for a, a wild card spot, basically. Um, and boys, I just want y'all, I just want y'all's opinion. You know, one, we haven't talked about hockey too much, so I'm pretty sure y'all could probably guess who Colin's favorite is, but because Anthony is all over this, this, gl this globe. It's the stars, right? Yeah, the his Dallas favorite stars. team is the stars, right? Like, like us. Yeah, no, 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 no. sir, no. It's gonna be Seattle Kraken. Ah, uh, the Kraken. How are they doing? Who, uh, who was your team before that, or did uh, you have one? I just really, it was just one of those things. I just okay, yeah, so didn't have one. Okay, got it. Yep. So, um, but yeah, we're gonna crack. Go, we're, we're gonna crack. Whoa, whoa, we're not whoa, gonna crack. We're gonna crack. <laughs> we're gonna talk about the stars to, uh, to start off the to start off the conversation. So the stars are, like I said, in the run for a bye. 
Uh, they played the Predators last night, which the Stars and the Predators are neck and neck. Um, the, the, the Predators do have the advantage, um, but the Stars took them to overtime last night and lost in overtime, so they did get a point out of it. But they um, they did not get the two points. The stars are trying really hard, um, you know. After after they made after they made the finals, the Stanley Cup finals a few years ago, um, or last year, correct? No, not last year. It was the year before. I, I think it was like two years ago. I think against the what was it? The Tampa Bay Lightning. I believe mm-hmm. so. And the I, I want to say it was the year before. I'll, I want to. Yeah, I think so too. Because we laid an egg last year. Uh, we you know COVID and everything like that. But uh, the stars are really fighting. We have a lot of young talent. Um, we have some veterans, uh, really talented veterans. But the stars are really fighting. But they just they just could not get the the best of the predators. But they have been on a run to say the least. Um, Jason Robertson is probably the future of that team, along with a lot of others. Um, but um, Anthony, yes, you bro. want to throw in your. Bro, your, Jason, your Rob- Jason Robertson's cold, bro. I want that I mean, jersey. I want his jersey so bad, bro. I love that man, bro. Like I love, I love coming in here all the time and talking about Jason Robertson. You know, he he is literally the future of of the stars. Um, I think just like kind of covering hockey, like we have, um, you know, you, Cullen, and I. Uh, I, I it's been a interesting season for them. They've kind of been up and down. This year, they've been on some losing streaks. They've been on some winning streaks, um, a long winning streak, actually, um, for a minute. Um, but it's you just don't know, you know. It, it, it's been an interesting season. I mean, they've they've played some very good, very, very good teams and beat them out. Um, it just it's, it's just hard to see what is going to happen in, throughout the season. I mean, they lost the St. Louis Blues um, on the 14th and the 17th, and we all know what happened. That little break that they had when they when there was like no hockey because it was postponed for a little bit, and then they came back. Um, you know, I you know we'll just we'll just have to see you know for the rest of the year because they play Buffalo on Sunday, they play Los Angeles on Wednesday, next Wednesday, March second, and I do think that they're going to take those two wins, um, just because you know Buffalo is there's seven in the Atlantic Division, they're sixteen twenty eight and eight. Um, I think that's going to be an easy win for them. Uh, they just got to keep playing defense, and you know, I think Joe Pavelski, he's a he's he's a dominant player on the ice for sure. Yeah, and, and I also like our goalie in uh, in Ottinger. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like I said, we're really just a young young group with a bunch of uh, with a few veterans. But uh, without further ado, let's hey, let's take, I, I, let me get some stars in. Well, on I was about to take it over come to your Kraken. No, come on, okay. man. All right, come let's on, hear it. We know but he don't like he. We, we didn't. I didn't think we, he wanted to. We put know anything. he doesn't like the stars for real, for real. Listen, I mean, I talk about him every time I come to K and to you. I, I got to get my two cents on him a little All bit. Right, let's come hear on it. now. You, let's you, hear it. You talk about them because you have to talk about them, not because you want to talk about them. All right, well, let's hear it. Let's hear what you got. We're fans of hockey here. Don't be putting words in my mouth, Anthony. I'm just saying. Listen, as you mentioned, I mean, it it feels like every like you like I said every time I come in. I'm always talking about Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, and, of course, you meant Jake Ottinger, uh, the goalkeeper who took over from Ben Bishop after his unfortunate uh, early retirement due to injuries and everything. Yeah, that sucks, man. Um, Dallas, yeah, didn't come out with the uh, the win last night. They went 0-4 on the power play, um, ended up losing a shootout to the Nashville Predators. Excuse me. Uh, it, I mean, it's a close one, again. Uh, it was... It was really unfortunate because, like you said, the Stars are in that kind of like really into that hunt of trying to make it into the postseason. It was two seasons ago. I did double check um, that the Stars made the Stanley Cup and everything. Thank you for fact checking that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with the loss, so Dallas is now 28, 20, and 3 with 59 total points, while the Preds are now 30, 18, 4 on 64 points. And that could have been really a a crucial game to kind of, you know, gain some points that they missed out on, unfortunately. And they, uh, listen, Robertson, Sagan, and Pavelski, they've they've been doing their part, but other uh, guys are going to need to step up in order for the Stars really to make uh, this playoff push, and hopefully we'll be able to see it from them soon. So yeah. who do you think needs to step up then? Like, I mean, just the supporting I think the veterans. Cast. I think the veterans really need to really need to step up. Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, they get paid the big bucks. They got the big old patches on their jerseys. Um, but we don't hear them a lot. We hear about, like you said, Robertson. We hear about Pavelski. Pavelski, now Pavelski is a veteran, but... Um, we got a lot of young guys. We got Fox. So we got we got a lot of guys. And I mean, I think I think yeah, I think you're right. I think you know, I think the veterans need to step up. Step up. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, just the supporting cast in general. Yeah, I think those top guys—they're doing their part mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I just think that them as a whole uh, needs to continue. But as Kevin said, let's, let's take it over to Kraken. Let no, let's get Kraken is what you oh, said. Let's get Kraken. Let's get Kraken. I like that. Let's get Kraken with the Kraken, man. Well, uh, unfortunately, they didn't do too hot. So, well, that, that's kind of a summary of the whole season, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> that's very true. Let, let me let me look. It's our first year in expansion. Um, day one fan, Seattle Kraken fan, right here. Uh, listen, it's it's been a rough one for us. We lost three to two, uh, also in overtime. This time to the Boston Bruins. We're sixteen thirty three and five on the year. I, I didn't have. I I do hate to correct you, but the Kraken actually started in like twenty eighteen. Uh, no, they, this is their first year. No, sir. this is definitely their first year. This is their this is their inaugural season, dude. Like their draft was like this past. I don't like, know what the, website like, you're year. using, but you might need to check your sources on. on that one. Okay, keep going then. I um, could be wrong. Uh, yeah, no. Listen, Jordan Eber- Eberly, uh, our first All Star, uh, for you know in team history. Uh, Gru Bauer, Gru, as we call him, our goalkeeper. I feel like he's been playing really well despite you know the lack of support and everything. And we got some guys, but listen, at the end of the day, when it's your first year with everybody trying to get used to each other, I mean, these guys are professionals, so they've played and they know the game and everything, but it, it makes a huge difference in chemistry uh, in terms of you know being able to play with each other, such as the Stars or any other team in hockey. So it's going to be uh, a while before we kind of catch catch the ice and catch up to the pack. Uh, the Las Vegas Knights, their incredible run when they first came in the league, that really spoiled it for any new yeah, team coming yeah. in. So You're saying that, oh, you know, <laughs> oh, they're all young team, and, you know, we're bringing in some new people. Got to figure, how is that the Golden Knights figured it out in one season going all the way to the Cup? Yeah. And, well, like, Listen, they're a really well-run organization. And they, they, got a, they got real lucky, too, with their players as well. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, they... Shout out to their scouting team. Shout out to, you know, their whole uh, front office with them drafting and everything. But, yeah, look, in terms, I'm just happy that Seattle does have a hockey team. It just it makes sense being, you know, one of the northern uh, cities, one of the bigger northern cities, excuse me, in the United States. Uh, it was about time for them to get a hockey team, and those fans absolutely love them. I mean, I personally, I, I'm not even saying that just because I am a fan. Like, our logo, the Seattle Kraken logo with the red eye in between the S. Yeah, that's clean. I, I, it looks I like sick. it. That's I like clean. it. I, when I heard about it, I was like, Nice. I like that. Yeah, so... Better than the Washington Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, uh, overall, I, I, the fact that this team is learning, and I feel like slowly getting better uh, every night, we're not going to be sitting here being a postseason team uh, year one. That just was not going to happen. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm proud, and I'm a proud Seattle Kraken fan, day one fan. Good. So Good. And I did check, you are right, the inaugural season. What I was looking at is when they were founded. Mm. So... Yeah. Um, I will correct myself. Uh, they were founded in 2018, but you were right there. And inaug- y'all were right, actually. The inaugural season is this season. So, you know, it, it you don't expect them to do hot, but um, y'all do have the kick-ass logo. Thank you. So I'll give you that. Yeah, I appreciate that. But yeah, Anthony, you got anything you wanted to add in uh, the hey, crack man, time? Not, not everybody can be a golden knight, you know? It's, it's okay. It's okay, buddy. You know, y'all... <laughs> I'm right. not. I'll I'm remember not, that. I'm I'll not, remember that. I, I, I'm not trying to hate on on your cracking, but y'all ain't cracking. No, y'all, we're not. y'all, y'all, y'all no. cracking the cracks in 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 the ice, and, and that's true. Anthony, and I, into Anthony, it. Anthony, I would like to halt on these on these on these uh, on these uh, cracking di- on these dissons that you're putting on uh, on Cullen right now because we're literally fighting for a playoff spot. So hey, I, I'm 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 just saying. I'm Thank just saying. You. Thank I'm you. I'm just saying. Kevin. I'm just saying. Thank you. I appreciate Look, that. We were, I don't, don't want to we hear were, it later. We were in the Stanley Cup a couple years ago, and they're just getting, we're just getting start, started. I know, I know, I know. Give us some time. I'll give you three seasons. Three. There's just, just 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 three for right now. For right now. For right now. And and then we'll see. And then we'll see. All right. Well, let's but take yeah. it to <laughs> our last topic of this NHL se- segment. Colin, you got more for us? Yeah. New York Islanders Zdeno Ochara, or Zdeno Chara uh, breaks Chris. Chaleos game played record by a defenseman. He is now skated in 1,652 hockey games. Talk about uh, an Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, in the four Islanders' four to three loss to the San Jose Sharks, uh, Chara's registered one shot on goal uh, on over 16 minutes on the ice. Uh, Chara, I remember him just mainly as uh, one of the key defensemen on the Boston Bruins team uh, throughout history. He's been 
like like you said, Kevin, an Iron Man. He's forty four years old and still still wow. still contributing high minutes six nine two fifty. Wow. I, mean, I mean, he's an absolute beast. He he really towers over people on the ice. And uh, one of the more when especially like growing up, uh, you know, one of the names that I recognized in hockey the most was Zdeno Zdeno Chara. And uh, you know, congrats on the record, well deserved. And uh, yeah, hockey's hockey's Iron Man serves a defenseman. So congratulations like, on the record. Like, you know how many miles you go on the ice going back and forth? Like it's a lot. That's why they don't play that like in long intervals of time. Yeah, and 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 you're 44, so you've been in the league for a good Tom minute. Brady years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and this is on the ice too. Like that's. Congratulations, but that's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles on your legs. Yeah. No, I mean he just he'd be uh he'd be the guy that if you ever wanted to get in the movie and they ever wanted to recreate the uh <laughs> the movie Goon, yeah, like he'd be perfect for that role. Like for he's sure. he's just he's a menacing like not all hockey players are built like Zidane Ochara. And clearly, obviously with this record, uh being the Iron Man, he's a former uh third round pick of the Islanders way back when. Um, Czechoslovakia. He's from Czechoslovakia. Mm. I don't. I don't know what they got in the water over there, but uh, maybe we, maybe some uh, United States people need to get some of that because yeah, he's he's yeah. built different. Yeah, and for those who have not watched the movie Goon, Anthony, have you seen the movie Goon? I I don't think so. I, I feel like I think I have, but I'm not. It's a good sure. movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. No, I mean it's. Like I said, congrats to him. I just wanted to point this out because, you know, you see the record and everything, you know, that pops on the timeline. You're like, all right, you know, how many games? Because I was like trying to sit there and think, okay, how many games could this guy play? Over 1,600. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot of hockey. It's insane. That's a lot of hockey. It's a lot. So, but congratulations to Zdeno, Chara, you know, well-deserved Iron Man. Played 14 seasons with Boston. And then, I mean, he's he's still going to this day. It's It's incredible. Hey man, it's loyalty. Yeah, it really it's is loyalty, man. Yeah, and like uh, through the ups and downs. Yeah, so uh, really well, well, well deserved. Yeah, I well agree. Deserved. So we're gonna kick it over to NCAA men's basketball, uh, and then we're gonna talk about a little bit of women's basketball too, um, because there's big news over there. Um, as I think everybody should know who listens and watches the podcast now. We are, of course, UNT fans, and we are advocates for North Texas basketball, men and women's. And, uh, well, we definitely took care of Southern Miss to say the— took care of business, baby. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it was a 20-point deficit at halftime for the other team, not for us, of course. Um and then I, I mean, what did we win by eighty five to like sixty something? Like it was like yeah. oh no, it was like it was, fifty it was, something. It was it was a twenty point win. It was insane. So um, definitely feeling a really really good uh, going into this weekend um, against against Louisiana Tech. Um, I think that UAB and I mentioned this before is a higher matchup than than Louisiana Tech is, um, and I think that. By beating UAB and getting this win, like really taking care of business um, against Southern Miss and having Louisiana Tech at home this week, I think that the cards are definitely in our favor um, to win this one. And we and I would I would love to see it. Um, Tyler Perry, you got Abu, uh, you got you know Abu, yeah Abu. I mean you, I mean even Thomas Bell was getting in the action. Hey, you know what? And I and I don't want anybody to come at me saying, "Oh, you said Thomas Bell can't play. You you know you're dissing on Thomas Bell." No, I wasn't. I'm just doing my job. I'm bringing up something so that way my friend Colin here can can lift him, and then I agree because I also don't think that Thomas Bell is, you know, any other negative things you want to attach to him. I think it was a simple bad game, and he made up for it yesterday for sure. So in this scenario, I'm the good cop. You're the bad cop. In that scenario. Can I just be the guy that brings up a topic? <laughs> I mean, you just described yourself. I'm just, I'm just calling it what oh, you just named yourself. But, he says spade for spade. I mean, listen, look. So, oh, and did y'all see that dunk that Aaron Scott had? Yes, that nasty dunk. That was, it was. nice. It was. Nice. So the the final score was 85-61. So it was a 24 point deficit. Um, and when all was said and done, we've got three more games. Obviously, Louisiana Tech is the biggest of the three remaining games before we go into uh, the conference tournament bracket for Conference USA. It's a big one. Uh, yeah. And the Super Pit, uh, 
you know, if if you are a listener out there for Mean Green, uh, North Texas, please pack the pit. Oh yeah, pack the pit for sure. Um, it's gonna be a good one. Oh um, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. Uh, ESPN. I just want to point this out. ESPN, according to their Basketball Index matchup predictor, we are eighty point eight percent on the Basketball Power Index like matchup predictor. Almost eighty one percent predicted to win this one. See, and and I and as much as that makes me feel happy and all goody inside, that makes me scared because I like the fact. <clears throat> I think, and I've never asked Grant McCaslin this. I've never asked any of the players this. I think that they view themselves as an underdog. And I think that they play with that under t- underdog grit mentality that, you know, we're going to take care of you on defense and then we're just going to score more points than you. And that's just going to be the end of it, you know. And, and you can see that when they play. But I think that they play with an underdog mentality, like everyone's trying to count us out and everything like that. But... They at the same time they know that they are the best team in Conference USA, but they understand that Louisiana Tech and UAB are right at their footsteps. They are creeping away by getting these wins. I will give them that, but yeah, I, I can get it. They'll probably have some kind of point spread that's ridiculous, and they're okay. They're eighty uh, percent favored to win, but this is still going to be a close matchup. And I, you know, I think UNT is going to win this game, but. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park by any means. Anthony, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, we, I mean you, look, you're the one with the outrageous predictions. So let me <laughs> let me hear what you got to say on this one. I mean, look, I did say that it was going to be a well, that was a UAB, but um, it was going to be a walk in the park um for UAB. Clearly, it was a close one, but for um for UNT and 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 you know Tech, Louisiana Tech, it's going to be a. I, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it is going to be a tight game. Um. I still think UNT is going to come out with a dub, uh, for sure tomorrow. It's going to be a gr- it's it's going to be a good matchup, I think. And and here's what I've I've been, I've been thinking about just as you guys were talking. Um, when tournament time comes, it's literally I believe literally it's going to be UAB versus UNT in the championship game for that bid to get in to the dance. Literally. So you so you're predicting that right now though that's going to be the final. Yeah, like because okay. because. If you look at what UAB has done this whole season, this whole season, dominate. They're killing people. Mm-hmm. They're they beat a team a hundred to fifty six. Yeah, the average. I mean, before I don't know what it is now, but before they played UNC, they were averaging eighty one points per game. Like yeah. Mississippi Valley State, they beat them one hundred to fifty eight. Yeah, like but, yeah. C- come on now. I mean, for the record, Law Tech is averaging just over 78 points mm-hmm. um, going into this matchup. I wanted to touch on, though, Kevin, what you said, because although, yes, the underdog mentality is is a nice one, I'm not denying that it could be. To me, the UNT kind of plays more with a defensive-minded just grit. Like, they come into the arena being Grant McCaslin's like, hey, we're going to block up on defense, and then we'll figure out, like, Defense is a first mind, uh, mm-hmm. first yeah. on their mind whenever they come in. Yeah, they're only averaging less than fifty six points per game to their opponents. Uh, I mean, they're that's their calling card. I'm not gonna drown you with the stats because we. I feel like we've been doing it every time we've gotten the chance. Yeah, but that's their calling card. And like I said, depending on who's hot, whether it's Tyler, whether it's Abu, whether it's Bell, whether it's Aaron Scott, whomever. Madres um, hitting some threes. Yeah, anybody like. Anybody could kind of go off at any given moment, and uh, it's really a whole team effort on the offensive end. But it really does start with the defense. So as long as we kind of just keep that commitment to defense, uh, this defense that is, you know, statistically one of the best in the country, uh, we, we've got a shot to win a lot of games, not only just in the Conference USA, but potentially tournament time too, depending on the matchups. So Yeah, I definitely like if we can continue this and play through the, the championship and really gain that momentum and just keep playing how we're playing right now, mm-hmm. you know, lock up the best score, take care of them defensively, and like I said, just just shoot, just, you know, take care of business and outscore them. I, I really like to see where, where North Texas could, could shine in this tournament because, um, you know, whether they play Houston, they play Texas, or whoever they play, I mean, obviously it's going to be a step-up level of, 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 of talent, and so I really want to see how they do. But, um... We're not going to drown y'all out with all the North Texas talk. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about some really high key, uh, some really high matchups. So we got Kansas and Baylor, another Big 12 matchup. We've been talking about the Big 12 so much. I mean, Colin, you've been saying it all, all, all year that 
Big 12 is that basketball, that basketball conference. And I mean, they're showing it other than Texas, but you know, <laughs> Kansas and Baylor, I think everybody can agree. They've been at the top of their prime this year. Um, you know, Baylor obviously coming off of the national championship win in Kansas, really just taking care of business everywhere they go. Um, you know, some losses here and there, but Baylor did climb to the top. But I, you know, what are y'all's thoughts on this matchup? It's going to be a big one. Yeah. So Kansas beat Baylor the last time they played um, at Kansas, 83 59. Really blew them out the park. Um, I, I hope that Baylor comes in strong. They have to start out hot, they have to start out fast and quick because if they don't, Kansas is just going to come in there with their shooters and, and just driving in the paint, kicking it out to the corner, and they're just going to shoot them out like they've done all year. Um, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a really interesting game. Uh, I think Baylor has put this game on their calendar of like, okay, like it's eight versus 10. We can beat these guys. I know we can. So it's just about coming out hot and quick um, for their team. Um, because, I mean, you know, it's 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 going to be a dogfight because they, they may see each other in the tournament. So it's like you at least got to beat them one time and don't get and don't get swept by Kansas because Kansas is going to remember that, especially when the when tournament time comes in yeah. March. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, the Jayhawks won the last matchup 83 to 59. Yep. And this is over the defending uh, national champs. They took care of business. The Bears are 13 and two on their home court, uh, second in the Big 12 and scoring over 77 points per game on 40, almost 47 percent shooting from the field. But this Kansas Jayhawk team, uh, it's always well coached with Bill Self. Um, they're going to be going in there, being competitive, and obviously Baylor's going to want to get their their get back after that monumental defeat uh, earlier in the season. To me, again, like you like you mentioned, Kevin, this is going to be a potential conference semi or even con- uh, conference final oh, yeah. tournament preview. Mm-hmm. So I'll be very interested to see this game, how it goes out. Uh, Baylor, obviously, you know, when, when you're the champ, everyone's going to give you your, their best shot. And for the most part, they've handled it well. They're 23-5 and five on the year, 11-4 and four in conference. Um, but they, they, they kind of just need, in my opinion, this kind of game to really prove themselves that they can hang with anybody in the conference along with, you know, Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech, all these top dogs because, you know, it's going to be a bloodbath whenever it gets to conference tournament time. And uh, I think it would be really good momentum if Baylor can take care of business at home. Yeah, I agree for sure. And I think you got anything now before we go I mean, to the next game. I mean, because uh, ah, I mean, I'm, mm, I'm just looking at these games that Baylor's played. They've kind of had somewhat of the same season that, you know, some of these other teams, and I can even say Texas has had. It's been an up and down season for them. I mean, if you look at this, Oklahoma State, they beat Oklahoma State 66 to 64, won against TCU 72 62. That's great. But then you lose to Texas Tech 83 60. 83 to 73 and then you lose to kansas 83 59 it's like and then alabama who's not even who's somewhat ranked that's 87 to 78 like what like great job guys but i i really do think kansas will win this game against baylor because yes you're ranked number eight yes you guys won the championship last year whoop you do hoopla yippee but if you guys can't get over kansas and and you guys are going to have this up and down season. You know, we just we won't know what's going to happen in, in the tournament. Yes, you guys will make it, but they're just not that consistent. They haven't been consistent, and the the, the schedule shows it. Yeah, no, listen, and uh, like I said, definitely going to be very interesting. It's going to be at seven o'clock on ESPN, so it's a national televised game. I'm excited for it. Um, but we've got another. We've got a few big games going on this weekend. But we're actually going to kick it over to the SEC. The Auburn Tigers, those Auburn Tigers who felt like it's been number one uh, for a while most of the season. They are now dropped to number three after losing their past couple of games. They're going to be going up against the uh, Tennessee Volunteers uh, with one of the more uh, potent defenses in all of the SEC. Uh, guys, what are y'all's thoughts on this potential matchup? A big one. It is a big one. Um, you know, I think we talked about it in um <clears throat> sorry, I think we talked about it in a few in the uh, last episode that you know Tennessee is definitely one of those teams that you know they've been kind of under the radar but they've been doing pretty pretty good and um Auburn of course has been dominant all year long. Uh, they were fighting for that one spot, fighting for that one spot and got it. 
and they lost it. Uh, you know, so they're definitely going to be looking to climb their way back to the top. And I mean, this is uh, this is how they can do it. I mean, you know, taking care of a team like Tennessee is big, even though they're not, like I said, you know, the highest in rankings. But you know, just if you're Auburn, you just want to keep winning so that way you can solidify your your stance in in uh, being a high a high team in that in that card. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, it's it's getting closer to, like you said, the conference tournament time, so it's it's coming up right around the corner. I believe it's not it's not this upcoming week, but it's the week after conference tournament starts for all these teams. Uh, Auburn's got uh, Kentucky with John Calipari. You know that he, it's going to be a well-coached, well-talented team. They've really got to round it into shape uh, after losses against Arkansas and Florida over these past uh, couple of weeks. Uh, they really need to have this win against Tennessee to kind of keep their momentum going, going into tournament play as the SEC favorite, uh, and really set momentum towards, you know, March Madness and everything. So, uh, hopefully they can right the ship. I've been saying it all along. They've got one of the more, uh, complete teams top to bottom. Uh, I apologize Jabari Smith, one of the true bright spots for that team. He's going to be a lottery pick if he decides to do declare, for Auburn, um, one of the top guys in the country. It's it's going to be a battle because no SEC game is going to be easy. Uh, you know, it's it, this is one of the better conferences uh, in college basketball. Uh, Tennessee comes in, like I said, with that potent defense, um, shooting, you know, almost averaging as many points as Auburn on the year. Um, but it'll be, uh, it'll be a close one for sure and definitely one that I'll be looking forward to. This one's uh, middle of the afternoon, 3 o'clock on ESPN, so – Gonna be a lot of uh, a lot of basketball on ESPN watching for me. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Auburn, I I project them, and I know we haven't even done our brackets in bracketology and all that stuff. We're but, work on it. But I think that Auburn is definitely going to at least pro- more than likely make the Sweet Sixteen, maybe even the Elite Eight, just because of that, just because of how good they are, um, on paper and on the court as well. I think that Tennessee game is gonna be really good. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh. But I like Auburn's. Auburn has just been playing amazing this season, man. I mean, like they shocked me when they were like number one or I think number two, um, in the standing. So they were on a scoring or they were on a winning streak for a long time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And I think they 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 might they might blow out Tennessee. I always think the Tennessee games are always always fun to watch because you know you got all the player you got all the fans wearing like checkered you know white and orange and stuff and it's interesting it's it's, it's, it's always fun I always i've always wanted to go to a tennessee game just to just to check it out and see yeah yeah i i agree i mean like i said before it's gonna be it's gonna be a good matchup and um it, it, it could come down to the wire but i mean if you're auburn you really want this win going as you inch closer to the uh to the championship uh or to the to march madness i apologize um but you know like i said Tennessee can be that team. They can be that 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 underdog that uh, that takes care of business. But uh, like I said before, we're going to talk about a little bit of um, women's basketball, college basketball. Um, Anthony, yeah, yeah. All I got to say is, watch out for South Carolina in that tournament. In, in, in the tournament, watch for, watch out for them. They're ranked number one, and they have been balling out all season and it's, it's no surprise it I mean, kind of feels like it's been the same teams all year i mean yeah yeah i mean south carolina has been consistent um day in and day out they're first in the sec um alia boston averaging 16 at 16 to 17 points you know averaging 11 to 12 rebounds i mean she has been on a rampage as well as at least two blocks but i mean Honestly, what I think that's going to happen when March Madness comes, and I and I just think that that some of these teams are going to remember what what South Carolina did to them in this past season because um, South Carolina did play Stanford and they did win and they did play um, they did play UConn and they won too and that was with Paige who will be coming back this Friday or literally today, so. UConn and Stanford, you know, they're they they they're gonna remember what South Carolina did to them. They they dropped seventy three on UConn, and they dropped a smooth sixty five to sixty one on Stanford. And Stanford 
they got some studs up there, man. I mean, Stanford, they can ball. I mean, I I I, I want to say they won last year in the championship game. Um because their roster is stacked from top to bottom. Um, Cameron Brink, she's averaging 13 points a game. That superstar of Haley Jones <laughs> averaging eight rebounds and at least seven, I mean, not seven, at least four assists. I mean, she Haley Jones has really been the superstar for that Stanford team, and she's been on just go mode all season and even, even last year. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised that when tournament time comes, and yes, Stanford is in the Pac-12, that they'll just be on a roll this just this when March Madness comes. Women's basketball is elite, especially this upcoming tournament season. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. crazy. We got a lot of young superstars. Real quick though, because you did mention Stanford, I gotta be uh, I gotta be honest with you guys. I'm a little impartial to Stanford. Russell Wilson's sister, Anna Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a bucket. Plays for she's Stanford. A bucket. Uh, definitely got a little, you know, just a little soft spot in my heart for Stanford. I mean, they're, it's a good school oh, in yeah. California. Yeah. Really, really well academic, um, academically wise. But as you mentioned, they're going to be a top contender uh, in the women's basketball bracket. So I'm going to have a little bias there uh, for the Stanford Cardinal. And listen, I mean, it's it's going to be a really interesting one uh, to see, as you mentioned, Anthony, with all the history of UConn's uh, dominance with all their recruits and everything, how they're going to bounce back in this tournament uh, and everything. Uh, South Carolina has been the for sure clear cut um, number one team in the nation for rightfully so this entire season. And I think uh, I think they're going to, you know, have an easy, easy path to the Elite Eight and Final Four. So. We'll just have to wait and see. I yeah, mean, I mean, watch out for Iowa though. Yeah, you I was about watch to out say, for Iowa though. Yeah, hey, Anthony saw it, but I was about to say you need to watch out for Iowa. But more importantly, you need to watch out for Caitlin Clark, bro. Iowa is currently ranked twenty-one, and they are going to be playing the Michigan Wolverines, who are ranked number six. Uh, so a win for the Hawkeyes would be huge. Would be like huge for them right there. But Caitlin Clark is absolutely dominating. Bro, she is like like when I watch her play, I I can't I, I can't even compare her to a player. She is she's setting she's setting records that not only stand in women's college basketball but men's college basketball as well. She is, I mean, I think we say it like I mean we should probably have like a count and the top of the screen of how many times we say baller in a podcast, but she is a baller <laughs> like for sure. I mean, she leads. Uh, she leads the college basketball in points per game with 27. And she also leads college basketball in, I believe it was assists per game. Yeah, she averages 8.2 assists a game. Almost a triple-double. She averages 8 rebounds as well for um for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, she's a she's a killer. I mean, she's a trip-dub queen for sure. <laughs> Waiting yeah. to happen. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. To, to be averaging those numbers, especially in college basketball, is absolutely insane. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I uh I, I think the I think they're a team that we uh Yeah. We should we should keep our eye on. One thing too, because I know uh we haven't talked about them uh as much as the men's, but our women's basketball team, they're on a roll too. They've won oh, six yeah. they've won six straight. Uh Definitely right on to- on cue for conference tournament time. So yep. shout out to Q. Listen, it around. Yeah, don't don't count out the mean green in either oh, no. men's or women's. No, no, for sure. We are a basketball school. I've said it once. I'll say it again, because hey, well, we are. That's just what we do. Well, that's gonna do it for hour one of the Fools on Souls podcast. Be sure to tune in for hour two. The boys and I will be taking it to Collins Corner, Anthony's Alley, and my very own Kevin's Kickback. But for now. Don't forget, grab a stool and be a fool.